And tonight's message, we're in the fifth message of this series. It's a nine-week series. And tonight's message is about taking command. And I believe God, there's a time in our life when he looks at us and there's a time when he wants to put us in a position that he's been grooming us for, promoting us for. But there comes a time when we got to step into all that he's taught us and trained us through and take command and be who he's called us to be. And so as we begin tonight, we're going to begin in Joshua chapter number one and... and um, as we said a second ago, this is a Joshua generation that's rising up. And when we say Joshua generation here at TWBC, this is what we're talking about, a generation that God is speaking to you. If God's speaking to you in your daily life and every single day of your life, say amen. 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 Well, come on. I need more than that. I hope God's speaking to more than 10 of us. Amen. We need to be a generation that God is speaking to, that God is talking to, and a generation that, that is ready to hear his voice. If God's speaking to you, say amen tonight. And then we need to be a generation that's ready to hear his voice. A lot of times God's speaking, and I realize even in my life because of schedules, because of different things and distractions, God's speaking, but am I hearing his voice? And Joshua was a man who truly heard the voice of God, and not only did he uh, know God was speaking and heard his voice, he accepted the call of God on his life. And he was a, a Joshua generation, just like Joshua was, a man that leads the people of Israel into the promised land of God. We need to be a generation that leads the church of today into the promises of God uh, for that, that he's got planned for the New Testament church. And I don't know about you, but here in Northeast Texas, here at TWBC, I'm all about you walking in the fullness of God's promises for your life. Amen? I want to see God's promises fulfilled not just in you, but through you. I believe when God begins to fill his promises through you, our region begins to change, our city begins to change, uh, the, the, the workplace that we're in begins to change, but God wants to pour his blessings out on us through his promises, but we got to be ready to receive them and not just receive them for us, but let them flow through us to begin to bless the, the, the people that we're around in the city that we live in. And so this is our fifth message on Joshua, and we haven't even read a single verse out of the book of Joshua yet. And that's very important to realize because preparation time is never wasted. Can I get an amen on that? Preparation time is never wasted in your life. No one will do great things without first doing the small things in life. Man, you got to be attentive to the small things that are going on in your life. In most people's eyes, great things are the things that are seen, such as great things are, wow, Joel, you preach every Sunday, but my preaching is only as good as that awesome group of people in the sound booth up there. Can I get an amen on that? Because if they don't turn the mic on, if they don't push the right buttons at just the right time and, and make the things go just the way they need to do, I'm pretty ineffective even though I'm the one that's seen because it's not me being seen, it's me that needs to be heard more than seen. And so uh, many times people put great emphasis on the things that are seen and the small things are the unseen when many times it's just the opposite. The preparation or testing time is meant to test our motives many times. Have you ever been uh, put in a situation in a secret place where it was a test on your integrity, where you had the ability, I could cheat on this or not cheat on this. And in those times, it's a test of your motives and to see what you're going to do because what you do in secret many times will expose what you'll do later on in life in a grander stage or a bigger stage. And so we need to be careful about and watch what the preparation times are because many times what's, what, what God tests us on in secret is a setup for what he's bringing us into in the future. I like to use this uh, demonstration or, or analogy with uh, David. And the Bible always talks about and people always talk about how great it is that David killed Goliath. And before you can kill a giant, you got to slay the lions and the bears in private. Amen. 
And a lot of people don't slay the lions and bears in private, and so they never end up killing the giants that come their way. And so I want to encourage you, whatever you're doing in the, in the secret places is setting you up for what God is preparing you for the future. So you're, what you do in the, in the secret times are testing your motives as you move forward. Um, are you in it to be seen is another great question. Jeff went over a lot of this last week. If what God called you to do would never be seen by another person, would you still want to do it? If what God is calling you to do would never be seen by another person, would you still want to do it? Joshua has been in preparation stage for nearly 60 years. I can't even fathom that. I'll be honest with you. He's been in preparation stage for nearly 60 years. And the first message we talked about was doing the dirty work. And then we talked about finding glory and faithfulness and then believing God's promises before he saw them. And then last week he was commissioned and Joshua's moment finally came when God just informed Moses that Moses would not enter the promised land. And Numbers 27 verse 18 through 20 say this. So the Lord said to Moses, take Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the spirit, lay your hand on him. Make him stand before Eleazar the priest and the congregation, and you shall commission him in their sight. You shall invest, everybody say invest. You shall invest in him some of your authority that all the congregation of the people of Israel may obey him. And so now Joshua has finally gotten to the place where he's going to step in and he was commissioned and he was ordained and they laid his hands on him and he was given authority. And now comes the time where Moses has passed away and we're in Joshua chapter 1. And so Joshua chapter 1 says this, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. I love the sympathy. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, go, arise, go over this Jordan, and you and all the people uh, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, just as I have promised Moses, from the wilderness and, and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and the land of the Hittites to the great sea, going toward the down, going toward Going, going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you, nor will I forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all that the law of Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from, to the, turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it, and, your, and you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, if we jump into this tonight, and we're talking about taking command. Joshua has now gotten to the place. He went through all the preparation. The secret times of testing were done. His motives are right. He is God's man for God's time in this day and age. And I believe this about you. You are God's person for God's time for the year 2016 to make a difference in the world that you're living in. Say, I'm here. I'm here. Come on, because that's you. You are God's person in this time, in this day, and all the things you've been going through in your life up to this point have been preparation for the day that you're in now for you to bring the glory and the presence of God into the place where you're at and lead God's people 
to their place of destiny, their promised land, or the promises of God in the land that you're living in today. Amen. You are God's person. Some of y'all are freaked out by that. Y'all are like, I don't know if I want to believe that. I don't know if I like hearing that. No, you are God's person for this day and this time that you're in. And if we're going to step into the anointing and be the Joshua generation, a generation that leads the church of today into all the promises of God, today is the day we step up and take command. And the first thing we got to do, the first step is we got to recognize God's lead and follow it. Okay? Everybody say, I'm going to. We've got to recognize God's lead and follow it. Now, I want you to listen to the first two verses. After the death of, the, of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land I am giving you to the people of Israel. Now, I want to tell you this, and some of us need to really grab hold of this because this first point is the one that's been holding you back more than anything else in your life. This first point is one many of us need to grab onto. God doesn't spend much time on dead things unless he's going to resurrect them. Okay? God doesn't spend much time on dead things unless he's going to resurrect them. And some of you know that there are certain things in your life that are dead, deader than dead. I mean, dead, dead, dead. And if God doesn't spend much time on dead things, why are you still spending time on it? And we must recognize God's lead and follow it. If we are the Joshua generation, if we're going to step up and take command, we must recognize God's lead and follow it. And if God doesn't spend much time on dead things, why are you? Why are you still spending time on your past failures? God isn't spending time on your past failures. He's trying to set you up for present victories. But if you're still spending time on your dead past failures, God cannot bring you into the place of present victories. If God isn't spending time on dead things, why are you? Now listen, I, I want to tell you how strong this point is. Moses was one of the most amazing men that ever lived in the Bible. He was phenomenal. He did amazing things. The Red Sea divided. I mean, the, the cloud was there. The fire was there. He went up on the mountain of God. He had the glory of God on him. He came down off the mountain with God's glory. He was God's amazing man for that appointed time. But look how much time God spends on Moses in Joshua chapter 1. He spends a verse and a half. Moses, my servant, is dead. He didn't say, oh, have the whole nation grieve. <laughs> He didn't say, oh, y'all spend another two weeks in mourning. They had already spent their 40 days. I mean, read the previous book. <laughs> he had already spent their time in mourning. They had already spent their time. But when it's God's day for God's person to rise up and take command of the current situation, God doesn't spend much time on the dead things of the past. And in your life, you got to figure out what are some dead things that you got to let go of and let go on the wayside and grab onto the things and the promises of God for today in your life. Some of you have been dealing with disappointments in your life. And those disappointments are dead. That's a dead thing. But you're afraid to trust God for something new because you've been disappointed in the past. And you may even be, have a misconception of who God is because of the past disappointments when we're then falsely putting our disappointment on a God who can still do all things and do the impossible and if we keep spending time on dead disappointments, on things that didn't go our way, we're never going to step into current and present victories. So we must quit spending time on dead things. I know some of you have gone through some catastrophic, horrible, um, and, and I don't just want to call this out, so I want to be gentle in how I say it, 
you, you've been through some horrible marriages and divorces in your life. Some horrible things. And you've ended up with great disappointment. And you've let that disappointment hold you where you're at and stop you from moving forward in faith and trusting God. It's time to let go of dead things. It's time to let go of it. The abuses, the struggles, the problems, the childhood issues, things that are dead. If we're going to be a Joshua generation, walk in the power of God, we need to recognize God's lead and follow it. He looked at Joshua and said, Joshua, my servant Moses is dead. You rise up. Some of you, you need to look at your past failures, your past disappointments, your past missed opportunities, your, your past opportunities that you took and didn't turn out the way you expected them to be, your past relationships. You need to look at them and say, you are now dead, you've been dead, and I'm letting go, and it's time for me to move on with the things of God. If you're with me, say, I'm here. Y'all aren't giving me much good response, and I know I'm doing okay, all right? But man, it's tough sometimes to recognize when something's dead that you still may want to live. But if it's dead and God is showing you it's dead, I promise if you'll let go of it and move on, he's got greater things in store ahead for you. Joshua's life is the blueprint of this. You no longer mourn over dead things you are missing the long, I'm sorry, the longer you mourn over the dead things, you're missing the life of the promised land. The longer you mourn over the dead things, you're missing the life of the promised land. If Joshua would have kept the camp of Israel there another month, it would have prolonged the crossing of the Jordan another month. He recognized God's lead. I'm sure it was tough for him when Moses died. Are you kidding me? You want to talk about filling somebody's footsteps? Joshua had the biggest footsteps of all to fill, besides us. I mean, we got to fill Jesus's. But, but other than that, he, he had some big footsteps to fill. I mean, this was the man up into this point of all of history and time for the nation of Israel. He was the man. He did all the miracles. And God says, Joshua, now it's your turn to do all these great things. So we must begin to look at a blueprint. We must begin to look at a blueprint and figure out where God is leading us. And when you look at a blueprint, what is a blueprint? It's literally this. It's a vision written on paper that people buy into. And when the blueprint is followed, the end result is the physical manifestation of what the designer envisioned in their heart. When you have a blueprint for a house, when you have a blueprint for a skyscraper, when you have a blueprint of a storage building, when you have a blueprint of anything, when you break open a box of Legos and pull out the book, there's a blueprint. Right? Lord help you, I'm Legos. <laughs> I think I'd rather build a house. <laughs> when you pull out the Lego book, when you pull out the house blueprints, the skyscraper blueprints, the whatever blueprint you're looking at, it is a vision written on a piece of paper that when it is completed and physically manifested, it is the desired person's heart, is the designer's heart and the vision he desired that is now physically manifested, but before it was physically manifested, it was all wrote down in a place for people to follow. Now, when you have a house blueprint, it's page after page after page after page after page after page after page of stuff that has to be done. 
It shows the foundation. It shows how it's going to look when it's framed out. It shows how it looks when all the plumbing's in. It shows how it looks where every electrical outlet has to be, where every wire has to be ran, where every nail should be placed. It's got all these things all written down on paper before dirt work has ever begun to move physically. Come on now. Y'all who built a house know what I'm talking about. Your life is no different. God has a blueprint for your life. He's got something for your life that he's already got written down before the foundations of the earth were ever laid. He had a plan and a purpose for your life that he has written down that if if you'll follow it, by the end of it, you will be exactly what the designer had envisioned in his heart. You'll be exactly what God had envisioned of you if you'll simply follow the blueprint Moving forward, God is giving us a blueprint. It's our job to buy into the vision. We may not see the physical end right now, but if you follow the blueprint, buy into the vision, we will end up being exactly what God designed us to be. Now, as we begin to understand this part of it, I want, I want to clarify this. I'm not talking about church vision. I'm not talking about your personal vision about what you want to accomplish. I'm not even talking about uh, um, things you would like to see yourself becoming. I'm talking about not what you envision, but God's vision of you. There's a big difference. What you want to be and what God is envisioning you to be may be two different things. And a lot of people get disappointed in their life because you have set this blueprint for your life and God has designed this blueprint for your life. And when your life isn't matching up to what God's blueprint originally is, you're following your vision of what you want to be rather than stepping stepping into the ultimate designer's vision of what he created you to be. And so we must begin to clarify what vision we're following. Now, Joel has a vision for his life, but it only falls in line with the blueprint of my life that God's already created. And my vision is not what I want. It's now that I realize God's call on my life. It's me adopting his blueprint into my life and physically writing it down so I can walk it out. So we got to clarify this. This isn't grand church vision. This isn't what you envision. This is God's vision of you for your life. And so as we begin to understand this, we gotta, we got to look at our life. And many of us, these are some simple analogies. You see this about your life. You see yourself getting beat up. Day in and day out, you go to work and you go to work and you go to work and you come home beat up, you come home tired, you come home miserable, you come home hating life. You see yourself getting beat up, but God says, my blueprint of you is this, you're more than a conqueror. Come on now, that's good. That should actually make some of you smile tonight (laughs) because some of you look like you got a beat down at work today. All right? So you see yourself this way, that's your vision, but God said, my vision of you, Joel, is that you're more than a conqueror. You also see yourself um, always dealing with sickness. I'm always sick. Every time the weather changes, I get sick. Every time the the seasons change, my allergies act up. Every time a storm comes in, my knee aches, my back aches, my neck aches, my neck and my back and my neck. Come on now. Y'all know I'm right. Some of y'all are laughing because you want to elbow your spouse that ain't here because their neck and their back is aching. Come on. Right? See, you see yourself in sickness. God sees you walking in divine health. He said, I pray that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So if your physical body wants to prosper, there's an issue of the soul that may have to get dealt with first. But we see ourselves sick and beat up all the time. Winter's going to come, and I guarantee you I'll hear half of you in this room say this. I'm trying to catch a cold. Well, quit trying and quit running after it. I mean, I'm serious. Quit trying to catch it. 
I mean, if you chase after God as hard as you're chasing after that cold, Lord help us, where would we be? Right? Come on. Thank you, Jesus. We're getting there. So we got to begin to see how we see ourselves and how God sees ourselves as the blueprint. A lot of us see ourselves poor, doing really good at barely getting by. And God says, I see you as blessed beyond measure. And he says, I also see you as this. I want to pour out so much blessing on you, you don't even have room for it. See, some of you can't even fathom that. But that's the difference between your blueprint and his blueprint. And if we'll follow his blueprint, things begin to happen the way he sees them happening. Some of you seem like you're always up against an impossible situation, whether it be marriage or kids or finances or or career-related. And you always say, it seems impossible, but God says, "What, what seems impossible to man, with God, all things are possible. So the worse it gets, the greater our God can become. That's why why I'm kind of so excited about this upcoming election. The worse it gets, the greater God can come. Come on. And I don't care who you're voting for. We're in a tough situation all across the board, I'm telling you. I mean, if you watched anything, I mean, this this is not good across the board for America. I mean, and if you think it's good, Lord, I'm praying for you even more. Lord, help us all. I mean, this is a bad place that we're in. And I know we can laugh about it and it can be funny. We are in a bad place in America today. And I'm going to stay off it. I'm just going to stay off it. Come on, just step over here. We're in a bad place. But when the situation, the more impossible it seems, the greater God can come through. And so when your finances seem at their worst, God can then perform at his best. When your health seems at its worst, God, if you'll trust him in the blueprint, can perform at his best. When when your marriage is at its worst, God and his blueprint can perform at his best. When whatever you're dealing with seems to be at its worst and at the most impossible, God says, good, then I can prove to you I'm still God and God of the impossible. And watch what he can begin to do in your life. And so we must not only just look at the blueprint, but we must follow it. I'll never forget when, when my son first started loving Legos, he would open up a package of Legos and he'd just start slapping pieces together. And then you get the bigger sets and you got three or four different packages and they just open them all at the same time. And I'm like, don't do that. Goodness, it's hard enough without opening them all at the same time. And it's all mixed together. See, there's one thing about looking at the blueprint. They love to look at the picture in the book and they love the ending. I can't wait till it gets to be like this. It doesn't just end up being like that. You got to not just look at it, you got to follow it. When you start building a house and you have the blueprints and the general contractor looks at them, he hasn't turned to the last page and said, yes, we're here. Start bringing in the shingles, right? Start bringing in the drywall when the framing hadn't even gone up. He doesn't do that. He turns to the first page. If we're going to look at the blueprint, we also need to learn to follow the blueprint. Joshua 1, verses 1 through 9 is the blueprint for his life. And I narrowed it down to just four specific points tonight. When In my doctoral thesis, I wrote 19 different points of the blueprint that he followed on this. And before Joshua could become the mighty conqueror that he ended up being, he had to get God's perspective on his life. In these nine verses, there are 19 points that he has to get God's perspective on his life about. And and you can say amen because I narrowed it down to four for you. (laughs) I'm going to go through all 19. But I want you to try and find 19. I want you to go home and begin to look at that blueprint. He said in verse number three, Joshua, I'm going to give you every place that you set your foot. Everybody loves that until you got to get up off your butt and go do something. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 
God's going to give me every place I set my foot. But you don't want to get off your couch. So he gave you the couch. You still got the couch. Praise God, you got the authority on the couch. This couch is blessed. Thank you, Jesus. The remote is blessed. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. He said, I'm going to give you every place you set your foot. Well, you got to get out and put your feet in some places. He said, go, he said, I'm giving you to the ends of the earth. Well, go to the ends of the earth. See, a lot of people say, he's going to give me every place I set my foot, but you won't go anywhere different. You go to the same convenience stores, the same grocery stores, the same restaurants, the same people. You run in the same circles. Right? Come on. I, I'm, yes, thank you, Jesus. Dang, Joel, you were doing great tonight. Thanks. I'm so proud. I appreciate that. He said, I'll give you every place that you set your foot. But we want to stay in the same routine and the same struggle and the same problems over and over and over. Man, why don't you change something up a little bit? Change something up a little. I'll ask you to do this. This is going to freak some of you out. Change the routine of how before you go to bed tonight. It'll throw some of y'all way off. I mean, just way off. You got the same routine. You check the doors in the same rotation before you go to bed. You make sure the windows are locked. You make sure the coffee pot's fixed and turned on. I'm talking, just do it backwards tonight. Right? I mean, brush your teeth first, but ladies, before you take off your makeup. Just see what happens. Just, I mean, and just do it backwards. Because until you begin to do something different, you're not going to get new authority in different places in your life. Until you begin to operate different, function different, look at things different, you're never going to get new authority in your life. And so he said, Joshua, I'm going to give you every place that you set your foot. So that means Joshua, if he was going to get every place that God was going to set his foot, Joshua automatically knew, I've got to get up and I've got to leave this place that I'm in. And that means I'm not just leaving, but the whole nation's going to leave because I'm in charge of a nation. And so that means when I get up and move, the whole nation's going to move. See, God's given you such authority in your workplace and you don't even know it that when you begin to move, your whole work should begin to shift. When you begin to make decisions according to the word of God, your whole workplace should begin to experience a spiritual shift. Because he's given you every place that you'll set your foot. No one, will be able against, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. Come on, everybody should love that. Here's the thing. It doesn't say no one will stand up against you all the days of your life. It says no one will be able to. It means you are going to experience some opposition. <laughs> but in the midst of opposition, they're not going to be able to stand before you because of the anointing I got on you. Because I just said, I'm going to give you every place you set your foot. Come on now. It doesn't say that they won't experience adversity. But when you do, he said, I've already given you every place you set your foot. So if you keep walking forward, they're not going to be able to stand against the anointing that's coming with you because God is going before you. And a lot of people, when they get the first part, I'll, God's going to give me every place I set my foot. You start walking with boldness until adversity rises up. And then you start crying because of adversity. Right? Oh, God, why is this happening? I gave a tithe check last Sunday for the first time in 10 years, and you said I'd be blessed, and now my water heater's not working right. Come on, you know I'm telling the truth. Listen, when adversity comes, you got to remember the blueprint. 
And listen, I guarantee you there are times when you're building a brand new house or even when you're building a Lego set that you're told to put a piece in a certain place and you're thinking, this doesn't go here. This doesn't fit. This doesn't look right. Are we ever going to get to the end of this dadgum Lego plane? Right? Can you tell I love Legos? I love them. Some of you have built a house. There are times in the middle of a house building process when you're looking at that thing and you've been looking at that thing for five days and it doesn't look like they've done anything and they've been out there for five days straight. Come on. And the electrical outlets still look the same. They just don't look hooked up. And you keep flipping the same light switches and nothing happening. you got to believe that there's still something going on behind the scenes. In your life, when it doesn't look like something's happening, you got to believe God's working on something. you got to believe that he's orchestrating something. you got to believe that if you keep walking forward according to the blueprint, God's going to get you to the desired destination. He's going to get you to the desired person he's building you to be. And if you keep walking forward following the blueprint, you don't really have to try. you just got to be obedient to put the right pieces in the right places. And you don't even got to work at it if you just keep putting the right pieces in the right places according to the blueprint. The desired end is going to manifest at some point. Come on now. Some of you have been trying so hard to make your life work. Quit trying. Just start putting the right pieces in the right places according to what you already know. And he'll reveal to you more. And keep putting those pieces in the places that he's telling you. And in the end, your life is going to look exactly like he wanted it to look. The problem is we get frustrated because we don't want to keep putting the right pieces in the right places. We want God to put pieces in places. When God said, I'll give you every place you set your foot. And no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. Because you got to believe God's with you. And then he goes on to say, it gets so, he, he, and, and listen, in these first nine verses, we read this like it's some happy story. If, if I was Joshua, I don't know if I would have liked this gig. Because he said, I'm going to give you every place you set your foot. Yes, verse three rocks. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. Oh, it means I'm going to be fighting some people. I'll never leave you or forsake you. Oh, that means there's going to be times when it doesn't seem like you're here. That means there's going to be certain situations where it feels like I've been abandoned by God. But you've got to know that the blueprint's true. You've got to know that he's still there. And this is why God says, write these words down. He told Moses, write these words down and rehearse them in the ears of Joshua. Tell him to them over and over and over. Because on the seventh day of Jericho, when they're marching around it on the sixth and a half time, and nothing's happening yet, and he's about to tell everybody to blow the trumpets against the most powerful city of the world at that given point in time, when he's about to blow that trumpet, I'm sure Joshua's thinking, I hope you're still up there and you remember what you said to me in this blueprint, that you're not going to leave me, you're not going to forsake me, and that they're not going to be able to stand against me because right now it's not looking too good. Right? You ever been at that Jericho place in your life? (laughs) Right now, God, it's not looking so good. The mountain that I'm facing, the city, the battle that I'm facing is bigger than I am right now. (laughs) You got to remember, he's got you on the blueprint. Keep following the blueprint. Keep following the word of God all the days of your life. Read the Bible daily. Why? Because it's your blueprint to your life. It's the blueprint to get you to where you're destined to be. And I promise, 
If you'll just keep following it on a daily basis, you're going to end up being exactly who he called you to be. And then he says this three times, which should really freak some people out. Be strong and courageous. Then he said, be strong and very courageous. That means there's going to be a lot of things that I got issues with. Then he said, be very strong and very courageous. Well, the last one says, have I not commanded you? He's like remembering the command. Be strong and courageous. See, sometimes God's telling you things in your blueprint to address some personal issues within you. Sometimes he may be telling you some things in your blueprint because you're deficient in them currently. I don't believe he told Joshua, be strong and courageous, be strong and very courageous. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, because he was already strong and courageous. I believe he was fixing to have to rise up to a new level of faith and a new level of courage and a new level of strength that he hadn't experienced before. And God's saying, you better get ready because I'm about to take you to some places that your current strength and courage is not equipped for yet. See, when God's telling you something sometimes, it's not because you already got it, but you better be ready because he's going to bring you into it according to the situation that you're about to face. There are some steps of faith that God has called me into that that when he told me about it, I, I was like, God, I'm not there yet. And he said, I know that's why I'm telling you now so you can get there. So by the time you get there, you're prepared for it. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Some of y'all are in that place right now. You're there. You're wondering why God's telling you. God, why, you're wondering why God's giving you this vision for your life. You're wondering why God's uh, speaking to your life about certain things, certain situations, certain circumstances that don't seem to fit right now. It's because they don't fit right now. He's preparing you for where it's about to fit. Whenever you're building a house and they start hauling in the big, uh, the, the, the big roof trusses that, that hold the whole ceiling structure up before the framing's even done, it doesn't look like it fits, but get ready. If they're bringing it in, they're about to have something built in a couple days that those are going to go for. <laughs> Come on. Thank you, Jesus. So if he's bringing in something in your life that's bigger than normal and it doesn't seem to fit, get ready because he's about to bring you to a place where those things are going to fit. And that means many times you're going to have to rise up to a place that you may not be ready for yet. So get ready, because God's about to pour his blessings out upon your life. He's going to build something out of you. you got to buy into the vision. If you cannot get the image of it on the inside of you, you'll never get the manifestation of it on the outside of you. If you can't get it on the inside of you, you're never going to get it on the outside of you. This is why God told Joshua, or Moses, rehearse these in the ears of Joshua told Joshua, meditate on this day and night. Do not turn from the right or to the left of it, but meditate on it day and night. It means to say it out loud to yourself over and over and over and over. He told me, be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. He commanded me to be strong and courageous. He's going to give me every place that he sets my foot. Uh, um, uh, every, and he said, um, uh, no one will be able to stand up against me all the days of my life. I'm going to rehearse this because there's going to be a day that I face something that that's going to be paramount for. And unless you get it on the inside of you, it'll never manifest on the outside of you. There is nothing in the whole entire world that's ever been built, godly or ungodly, that the vision first wasn't on the inside of somebody before it manifested on the outside. This building that you see here, there was a written down vision of it on the inside before the work was ever done on the outside. A house blueprint, the same thing. Your life, the same thing. The skyscrapers in New York, the same thing. There was a blueprint of it written down on paper and within, or it was written down within somebody before it was on paper, before it manifested physically. Until you get it on the inside, 
It'll never manifest on the outside. In a building process, sometimes you have to dig down before you can construct up. Sometimes you got to dig down deep before you can construct up. Mitch, if you want to come with the worship team. And this is where I want to get to tonight. I wanted to do worship at the end because of this reason. I started out this message that there are some things in your life that God doesn't spend much time on dead things. Before we built this building here, we had to do a lot of land clearing. There's some things in the way. We had to dig down some before we could construct up at all. There may be some of you in your life who you got big vision and God's got plans for your life or you got hopes and dreams about the future, but you got to do some digging down deep here before God can construct anything up here with you. And some of those things that he's got to dig down deep in, you got to let him dig down deep into the areas of your heart. What are some of the things that he needs to dig down deep in? What are some of the dead things, the disappointment things, the the opportunities that you've missed, the failures that you've had, the, the things in your life that just haven't turned out just right? That you need to say, God, if you're ever going to construct something up, I need you to dig down a little deeper in this. I need you to dig down just a little bit deeper and build a foundation for me. It was the same in Joshua's life. God had to do work on the outside before he could create, a, uh, God had to do some work on the inside before he could create a Joshua generation on the outside. God told Joshua all these things, then Joshua had to go to the camp and tell them everything God was saying. He said, be strong and courageous. I believe God was doing more than giving instruction. I, was de- I believe he was dealing with some foundational work in Joshua's life. I believe tonight that God's doing more than giving instruction. I believe he's doing some foundational work in some of your life. And when you follow the blueprint, you don't have to try and become what the creator intended. You don't have to try and become what the creator intended. You are what he intended. Some of you are trying too hard. I'll just be honest with you. You're doing the work rather than let God doing the work in you. You're trying to be good rather than let the goodness of God show through you. You're trying to be rather than letting him be. Tonight, we're going to sing a couple worship songs. As we sing a couple worship songs tonight, I want you to focus on a couple things. The things I want you to focus on is this. I want you to focus on what areas of your life do you need to let some things go in? What are some dead things you got to lay down? Come to the altar and just lay some stuff down. Maybe you need to forgive some people. (laughs) Maybe you need to receive some forgiveness in some areas. Maybe you do have some disappointments you need to drop out of. Maybe you do have some failures you need to say, hey, I'm going to let them die. I'm going to move on past it and watch God do some amazing things. But then I want you to change your focus. Don't spend a lot of time on dead things because God doesn't, okay? But some of you do got to lay some things down. But then I want you to change your focus. What are some things that God is telling you about your life that you need to start embracing? Some of you got gifts and talents that he's been telling you to use for a while and you're just, you know, I'm not good enough. The disappointments and the failures, the dead things are holding you back from the current promises. I want you to begin to step into that blueprint. I'm not telling you you got to run to a pastor and say, I'm ready to join this or do that. You got to see it on the inside before it can ever manifest on the outside. 
I want you to see it in you before I see it in you. So tonight I want to ask you to stand. As we go into worship here the next few minutes, what I want you to do is this. Focus on some things you got to lay down. Focus on some things you got to get rid of. But then I want you to do this. I want you to get a vision of who God's created you to be. He said, I'll give you every place that you set your foot. He said, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. He said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. And he goes on to say, be strong and courageous. Because he's about to bring you into the promises of him. So as I pray tonight, when I say amen, the altars are open. I'm not going to have any ministers up here, but if you want to pray with somebody, come up to the front. We'll pray with you. And we'll watch God do some work in your life tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask right now that you deal in people's lives with things that they got to lay down. Lord God, deal with some dead things that people got to let go of. And move forward on and see you move in a mightily, mighty way. God, I'm also asking you to place vision in people's life. Place some vision in people's lives so, God, that they can walk in the fullness of who you've called them to be. Father, do a work in your church tonight. Let us step up and take command of what you've already given us.